Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of TC, and with me back today is our Lead Pastor, Brad Livingston. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And uh, man, it's been coming off a killer weekend. Lots of fun, cool things popping, and uh, going through the Heart of the House series. And we'll get into all of that information here in just a few minutes. Big things popping. Big things popping. Little things stopping. <sighs> okay. <laughs> That's my saying. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's never a dull moment, ladies <laughs> yeah, and gentlemen. So, but you've heard a voice already. If you're watching us, you can see her uh, on the podcast today is Miss Karen Swan. Hello, hello. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> it's like the laugh track on sitcoms that you talk about. You right. hate so much. Yeah. Uh, What's Big Bang Theory. Big, I'm gonna say Third Rock from the Sun. Like Third Rock from the Sun definitely had one, yeah. and it was hilarious. But Big Bang Theory, yeah, they use it after every little every word. Uh, I, I think that's a genuine laughter. I'm be hating <laughs> on my show, dog. That's Even why though. I like stuff like The Office. There is no audience, yeah. like little laugh tracks. And yeah, stuff. awkward moments are genuinely awkward. Yeah. yeah, like there's no one to break the awkwardness. Best sitcom ever, Seinfeld, though. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. Moving on. Don't at me. It is the best. <laughs> So, uh, Karen, so, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Karen. Welcome to everybody watching live. Yep, um, it's our new feature. That I, I I really like. So it's been great. It's been great. So you guys us. are you guys are tuning in. They get to um, see what we look like. We have faces for radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, man. Like, do you ever think somebody ever listened to our podcast and never watched? never seen our service and oh, never been to our church and they're like I wonder what they look like and then they yeah. watch us and they were like huh. oh, okay. I not, the, not what I saw coming oh, yeah, well, they were shocked well you remember so I told you that my sister in Atlanta she listens pretty often and she what oh, thank you she, what she listens often is that what yeah, you said yeah to the oh. podcast thanks Eli oh. thank you Eli yeah. Yeah. what he's um, saying is talking to the mic you're a good man I don't care yeah. what Juwan oh, says about you that's what he's you. saying I like to the you. mic. Yes, gotcha. they want to hear you so anyways your sister does what she listens to the podcast pretty often and she has met Pastor Brad before and she'd never met you and never seen a picture of you or anything. So she just assumed, I don't know, that y'all were similar. And then she met you and she's like, oh, not, not at all. Not what, I, not what I thought. Is that the one, didn't, didn't they come, didn't I meet her though yeah. when they all came to church? Yeah, yeah, like a month ago. Oh, you're saying from that interaction, mm-hmm. she, okay, okay, yeah. 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 People yeah. are usually uh, impressed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> usually like, God, he's little. <laughs> he's got a lot of, he got a lot of bark for a second. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know five, seven could look like that. I did not know where you were going with that. <laughs> I didn't but either. I feel a lot it was better a Michael now. Scott moment. I was like, I was just going to hope I find where I was going once I started talking. I wasn't sure where it was going. It just still just shocks me talking. that you're five, seven. <clears throat> me too. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up every morning and looks in the mirror like, every woman, it, we're still here. Every woman I've ever met has said that. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I mean is that I'm 5'5", <laughs> I'm five five and I feel like if we're standing, I assume that we're the same height, but we're not. 
You're no. two inches taller. Well, you wear taller shoes and stuff. Yeah, you do wear Sometimes. like like not oh, not heels per se, but like Wed, like wedges well, or platforms. And I think Those body, things. I think body like type has a lot. Like I have short legs and short arms. Like yeah, as not and I'm not like skinny like I used to be. You know, Me neither. Ca- carrying Me a couple neither. extra lbs <laughs> these days, but same. You know, couple dozen. Couple. Uh, anyway, so. But yeah, 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 no, I'm the same way. Like that's what, when people see other people that are six two, six three, and they look at them, they look considerably taller than I do. I think in a lot of people's minds. But I feel like five seven is the perfect height. Of course you would. Yeah. <laughs> I would expect nothing yeah. less than you for you to the, feel that way. The perfect height for for men, women, both, just in general. If it wasn't the perfect height, I would not be this height. Oh gosh. <laughs> You know, this is every day. Thank you guys, guys. for this tuning in. <laughs> you got hey, oh, you to feel that way. All right, so like yeah. you got to feel that way. You got to believe in yourself. Yeah, you're right. You know, uh-huh. So yeah, you know, if oh you think I'm gonna God. like kill it on the basketball court, you'd be you'd be you'd be mistaken. Very, wrong. <laughs> very mistaken. <laughs> yeah, but nonetheless. Uh, so, anyways, um, I don't know why yeah, we're talking yeah, about yeah, that. No, yeah, so, so, listen, if you're watching us uh, live on Facebook. If you have any questions or anything through the through the podcast, yeah. uh, write them in the comments, and we'll try to address some of those at the end of the podcast. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you have questions of anything we're talking about or comments, um, if you want to give us some like really cool compliments, uh, please do. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Take them. About Justin's shirt that looks probably very similar to last week's shirt that he was wearing. I wore a polo podcast. last week. There's a button down. Uh, those are the only two options: polo or button down. Same brand though, I bet they're not. Oh really? What brand yeah. is that? These are these are from JC Penney. Oh. I think they're Izod, but they're from JC Penney. JC Penney. My polos are Ralph Lauren, but of course, <laughs> we'd expect nothing <laughs> less. <laughs> you know. yeah. So yeah, so man, coming off a really good weekend, um, man, just some just a lot of a lot of cool things happening. It's the fall. Um, still seeing you know quite a few just guests pouring in, which are always great. Um, people rolling through grow track, which is good. Yeah, so we had five and grow track and then we launched uh, small groups, launched small groups for fall semester. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, lots of promising, you know, things happening and we kick off, we just, we're kicking on pipeline this week, which is, that's how it's which fun. is awesome. Yeah. So, and it's so funny cause, so we were talking about this before the podcast. It, so, um, for those of you that don't know, we have a leadership pipeline, which is like our ministry development slash training um, kind of program that we have. Uh, the idea is to help people like connect to their calling and pursue their purpose. And um, as we kick that off each year, it's like half, it's 50% leadership and 50% theology. So um, we want to help people understand who they are in light of who God is. But first, they got to understand who God is before they can understand who they are. So, um, so it's theological and then leadership. You know, we use a lot of John Maxwell and some Simon Sinek and just really good leadership stuff. Real yep. fast, Simon yep. Sinek was just on this podcast I listened to. Did I tell you about it? Mm-hmm. One of the Dave Ramsey podcasts is called Entree Leadership. It's for like business yeah, 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 leaders. Yeah. And anyway, Simon Sinek was on there. Killer podcast, FYI. Yeah. So I'm trying to get Simon Sinek on this podcast. Call in. <sighs> Boy, listen. But I'm going to do gosh. some work now. We're going to have a guest. Seriously. <laughs> Simon so Sinek's cool. a gangster. Dude, Simon Sinek is a, in my opinion, he is a culture genius. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a wizard. But what I find interesting is you don't know his religious beliefs. No, you don't. Like you don't. I, I, I don't know if he's a Christian or not. It's kind of like Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Which, who I'm really into right now, but that's a different topic. But Simon's next gangster. Anyways, go ahead. So, anyway, so we kick off year one. And so, um, you know, we, we kind of come out of the gates 
hot. Like it was so funny. So we posed this question. Like, so first of all, I started the class. I'm like, how many guys are excited? And everyone in the room is so nervous. They can't say yes to being excited. Right. Because they don't know. <laughs> like, they're yeah. like, yeah. we don't oh, know how we not... feel about this. It's like the first day of school. You don't. It's ex- right. It's like, uh, who am I with these group of people? Exactly. So yeah. we're, so uh, we get in there and I'm like, welcome to the leadership pipeline. Here are the things you can expect. This is what we're doing. And so, uh, you know, on our TVs that we used to teach from, um, you know, I pull up the TV. The very first slide is the question that we used to help. It's the very first question that I always use to help build theological framework, right? Which <laughs> is, do we sin because we we're sinners or are we sinners because we sin? Mm-hmm. Like out of the gate. That's the, that's the first question that they got to answer in the pipeline. And it was like this wave of like, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like that. The question of like, is the color orange called orange because oranges are orange or are oranges or- called oranges, oranges because, because they're of- orange? Right. <laughs> right. Right. It's like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, it's like that, except, we're just dealing with yeah. sin. Yeah. You know, it's the chicken and the egg, essentially. <laughs> but it's so, a, do you think there's an answer? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely an answer. I wanted to know what they thought the answer was. Now, the good part is everyone in the room got it right. Oh, okay. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was obviously the answer to that is that we uh, we sin because we're sinners. Like at the very core of all of us, our sinful nature um, is what is where you know we act and react from, right? It's like that. Old, it's like the adage, like you know, you, people say, like, well, if you just knew my heart, or like right. I just want to share my heart. It's like, well, the Bible says that your heart is deceitfully wicked. <laughs> so like that's not, you know, it's like, well, well, if I share my heart, uh, oh, <laughs> look, listen. So all that to say is like we. We start like, so we, the very first thing we want to do is help people understand who we are in light of God. Like, so without God, we're all sinful, wicked, you know, people. So we sin because sin is at our nature. It's our core. It's, Mm -hmm. it really is. So therefore we don't need to, we don't, our repentance isn't necessarily, it is, but it's not necessarily for the individual acts of sin that right. we commit. Right. Do we need to be forgiven of them? Yes, but there's a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Right. So we don't we're we don't act, we don't confess the individual acts of sin to be forgiven of them. Right. Necessarily. Although that's what happened that becomes the byproduct sure. of repentance of our sin nature, right. which is where all of our sinful acts come from. Right. So it's like I don't need to just I don't need to confess for cussing someone out in traffic necessarily. What I need to do is repent of the sinful anger that remains in my heart because of the old me. And in turn, I'm repenting of that too. So right, it's like, right. Which thanks goodness, if it was that we had to repent for every single little act, I mean, I, we would all what be a tally doomed. book, right? Yeah, and we would all be doomed. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. oh my gosh, just so, you have to do penance. Yeah, yeah. So like, and like that, like I'm referring to Catholicism. Yeah, that's yeah. what, I, and that's what yeah. I told him last night. Yeah. I said, no, we're at that point. You're just borderline Catholicism. Yeah. Um, and so we talked about genuine repentance and what that looked like and who we are. Um, because God is present, which drove us to the second question. And the second question is where it got 
Number one, okay. interesting, and secondly, hilarious, um, because people really got emotional about this one. So I posed the question, and you guys can answer it if you want to. I don't. You've probably heard this before, um, but if if a perfect man in oh. South Africa, right, mm-hmm. living in a teepee, has never heard the gospel. has never heard the gospel before. If he died, does he go to heaven or hell? Mm. It is that is. I can understand why people would become emotional um, <laughs> so yeah and so we'll ask that to you guys anyone on the podcast uh if you're if you're watching live you can answer now if you want to um if so a perfect man in Not, south africa so so never had the opportunity to even has hear never the heard the gospel right. mm-hmm. not hasn't accepted it or whatever word you want to use in the light of that yeah. right. has never even heard the gospel before does he go to heaven or hell how so, you answer determines your <laughs> theological. So, uh, so the that was the question, and right? I'm torn on that. Well, per, per, personally, so so we so we start weighing it out. So we go around and let everyone answer. Yeah, and it's like, hey, raise your hand if you think he's going to hell. You know, and it's like, and obviously, and this is the nature of the pipeline. Like the what we do in the pipeline is we intentionally create questions that drive conversation. So we intentionally are having these questions that puts everyone in the room in a, in a, you can't be indifferent. So it's not like, is it heaven, hell, or neither? Like neither is not an option. So they have to pick a side and then they have to defend it. I think I do know the real right answer. What is, what do you think the real right answer is? Abraham's bosom. (laughs) Anyway, so, so I mean, there's, so, there's something to that. So all that to say is, so we go around the room, everyone's chipping in, right? And then naturally, um, the people that grew up in like charismatic circles uh-huh. are weighing in that uh-huh. haven't like really dug into theology. Um, and then there's people. Well, that's quite, that, quite a knock all the charismatics. <laughs> <laughs> I grew, yes. I grew up charismatic and I'll say what I want. Okay. So uh, no, it's not to say all charismatics had bad theology. Let me just go ahead and say that. It's just no, to say that usually I, we're more no. worried about the experience than we are the uh, understanding of the experience. We'll see y'all next week. Ooh, this, yeah. This podcast is really, we're really going there today. You can send your emails to Justin. Awesome. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, uh, but all that to say, so we go around the room. So even the people, everyone wants more information though. Like, like even Eli was like, okay, I have follow up questions and he starts asking questions, but each time different people would ask a question, trying to get more information, it's like, it's it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Like it. So it's like, okay, yes, they can have that, but it doesn't matter. We, the, the question still remains. Yeah. Right. So, um, what is your answer, Justin? What do you think it is? Heaven or hell? Oh man, uh, on the spot. This is a very hypothetical. Has anyone answered? Is anyone answering in the thread yet? Um, we got. Some, do we have any? Well, answer? your wife know. said. Your <laughs> wife so, said. Joan, she's in the class. Don't get <laughs> she just was making it clear that she got it right. She did get it right, which is usually all my wife is worried about. <laughs> <laughs> love so, you, Ashley. So, uh, um, which love she's you, probably Ash. right most of the time. Uh, well, that's probably true. Because the question becomes, why would God? eternally punish someone right. who he knew never even had the opportunity to choose him. Right. Well, that's a wrestle. Then the question becomes, but did God choose him? So, so the, yeah. it goes into election. And that's, so that's what we, uh, right, right. so that's what we talk about with the students in the pipeline. I'm like, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the light. No one gets to the father except through me. Mm. 
Period. Period. Says that. However emotional we want to get about that, right, frustrated, right. angry, upset, unfair, whatever, doesn't right. change that that's the truth, right? right? So Jesus is the only way to the Father. So if someone hasn't heard about Jesus, right? right. So we get into that whole, we get into that, right? Now, why is Jesus the only way to the Father? Because he's the only payment for our sins, right? right? <laughs> so we expl- we walk people down the path that Jesus is the only payment for sins, but you haven't accepted Jesus, blah, 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 blah. So we get into it. Long and short, though, is the answer. Drum roll, please. He's in heaven. Now, that immediately stirred up, like, naturally in the room. The two people that said, like, heaven, raising hand for heaven, were like, ha, I told you. Um, and I was like, but not for the reason that you think. And so they were like, what? You know, and so I was like, and then uh, I picked on Eli because he was in the class. And I was like, Eli, I want you to ask me the same question. He's like, if a man in South Africa, blah, blah, blah. I, said, ah. I said, I want you to go back to the beginning. It's like, ask me again. He's like, if a man in South Africa, I was like, no, wrong. You're missing a word. I said, and then that's someone else in class caught it. And they were like a perfect man mm. that never heard the gospel but a perfect man wouldn't need the gospel because right. there's no sin. So therefore right. he would be in heaven. So it's like, it's the, it, you really stir everyone up. Oh, out of get the, them with a trick out yeah. of the gate. Yeah. It was incredible. I was loving it. Yeah. Cause we, we were talking lunch a couple of weeks ago or last week. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It was like, what about the prophet Isaiah mm-hmm. prophet of God? If the only way to heaven is through Jesus, how does, is he in heaven? Right, right, right. You know, right. that's where you, I always yeah, talk about yeah, Abraham's bosom. So, yeah, the Abraham's It's kind of different, thing. but it's fun. It's always funny to me. Yeah. It's like, so, yeah, those but, are godly people. But all that to say, it put it, so we, I was like year one, class one, out of the gate, 20 minute in-depth conversation slash debate about how we stand in light of God. And now the obvious answer was he's in heaven because he's perfect. Therefore, he doesn't need to be forgiven. Therefore, he doesn't need grace. Therefore, he doesn't need faith, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we move that back over. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. We've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. But so therefore that man could never exist Mm -hmm. unless he's Jesus. Um, So then it goes to the question of a man. Right. A man. Take the word perfect right, out. Right, right, right. And that was what one of the, so uh, Miranda in the class, she was like, so what if, and then like we started going down that, and I was like, whoa, 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 y'all about, uh, y'all about four months ahead of schedule <laughs> on that, so you need to need to back up. But we will answer that question at some point, so. It's always fun. So, yeah. So the pipeline's pretty, it's kicking It's pretty off. genius how you've chosen to start pipeline, because you did the same thing last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did and last so year. what it does is all these students are like, well, I have to, I have to know. Like, right, yeah, and absolutely. so I was like, "All right, we'll keep coming." Yeah, but that's <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, that's a, essentially the thing. It's like, uh, and that's what. Then right after that is is that's how we start. That segues the introduction to why theology matters. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's like it's one thing to believe what you believe, but it's another reason to know why. Yeah, and then it's another reason to be able to defend it right. based on what the Bible says. Right, and a lot of times when it comes to theology. You're not necessarily doing that from a standpoint of apologetics, which is depending your faith against unbelievers. Sometimes you're actually kind of going head to head with the Pharisees and heretics. Right. um, And you need to know what you believe in that standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to talk about these conferences that are coming to Pensacola right now and some of these pastors that are rolling through with spitting their heresy. But 
Well, you just went there. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking in my head. Like, Bruh, wow. So I'm gonna tell <laughs> you. Pipeline stirs me up, y'all. I'm just. I'm saying gonna it tell you. It's gonna be. I'm gonna tell you about a text I got the other day. You're gonna die when you hear this just now. So I'm putting it out there. <laughs> You saying you were doing this on air? Oh yeah. Oh okay, great. I'm you know, you know, you know the group text we're in with all these local pastors. Yes, the cohort. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I sent the text the other night about Thursdays are are gathering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Blah blah blah. Oh, uh, I got a, another text from someone. Uh, I'm just gonna say his first name, Josh. Okay. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was uh, semi helpful. Okay, Mobile think, Highway, yeah, Josh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He sends me a text and he says, um, hey, I don't I don't think we should meet. He sends it not in the groups. Yeah. I don't think we should meet as a group of local pastors. I think we all need to be at this revival thing that's coming to town. And I like died laughing, right? <laughs> I like died laughing. And uh, he sends like a ha ha ha. He's like, I couldn't resist. He said, I was going to post it in the group, but I thought it might offend. I don't know some of them too well. I don't know their theological yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to offend nobody. I was like, well, I think you'd got a laugh out of everybody. Oh, man. Um, but it was hilarious. So it's cool. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. I didn't realize he had jokes like that. It's Josh. It was, Josh is hilarious. Yeah, no, no. It was funny. It, it, he he, uh, he was like, sorry. He said, sorry, bro. I couldn't resist. I was like, no. Like. Josh is coming in for two weeks for uh, I heard pipe on you too. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Let's we got to go ahead and say it. No, I'll, I'll put him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <who cares. laughs> yeah, he's a he's a pastor friend of ours. Pastor here in town. His name's Josh. Uh, we'll expose him at another point in time. Yeah. <laughs> but Theologically, he's an assassin. He's a theologian. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's yeah. uh, he's he's a incredible genius. Pastor Josh, we love you. But I'm gonna tag him later. Yeah, do it. Yeah, but we, it's, we didn't uh, have him on the podcast. He's going to be on our Real Talk podcast. Yeah, whenever that happens. Well, moving <laughs> <on>. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I think that might the domain is going to expire soon. <laughs> uh, you need to mind your own business. <laughs> just, saying. <laughs> just saying. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, uh, but no, man, it it's been good, and that's why theology matters. You know, and when not that the whole podcast is going to be about that, but it's just it does, man. It's so important, like. You know, I, I posted this on the resource site. You know, um, I posted the theology blog. It's part, a part one, part two thing. Yeah, I remember. And, um, you know, one of the things that we talked about, and I've mentioned it just time and time again, but I think here's the problem, and we'll move on if we need to. <laughs> but I take theology personally because I've watched what bad theology has done to the people that I care about most. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like in, in light of what we've gone through with Jabin, um, in light of my grandfather and my uncle, um, you know, watching God supernaturally heal my brother after a motorcycle wreck when the doctor said he was dead. Um, and with the same level of faith and all those things come over here, and pray for uh, my grandfather, my uncle, and my son, and not see that you really have to wrestle out. Yeah, this theology, what you believe, why you believe it, in bad theology. Not to mention the people that promote it. Um, man, I I take it personal. I'm, well, like, absolutely, golly. <laughs> I take it personal. I take it. I take it personal on how it's impacted different people in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, how they're still 
responding to God because of what God's people have said or done in light of, um, you know, their, their theological position and just how bad it is. So yeah, when I talk about some of these cats that, you know, are just as far as I'm concerned, they're wolf and sheep clothing and they're heretic and wolf and sheep clothing and they're heretics. Um, I don't have a problem calling some of them out. So we talked about a couple weeks ago. I mean, yeah, theology is so important. Like this is not, do we want to join planet fitness or any time? Like this is not, it's not a club, like whatever church you go to or whatever religion you affiliate yourself with. It's not a club. This is literally eternity. Yeah. And I mean, man, I've seen, just like you said, I've seen the, the consequence of bad theology have effects on someone for a lifetime. I mean, I, I have a friend um, who her father passed away when she was young and someone came up to her when she was, I think 11 or 12 years old and said, you know, your, your dad is sick because of the sin in his life. It's insane. And it rocked her for years and she'll still talk about it. And thankfully like she's, she's learned, she's healed. She's, she knows that that is not true. Right. Um, and, but, the effect that that had on her for a, a man in the church to tell her when she's 11 or 12 that, I mean, that took years for her to work, work through. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He, needed, yeah. he needed to be karate chopped in the throat. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so, it's just so people that have that theological framework <laughs> well, are just, yeah. Well, even if that were true, mm-hmm. how about a little tact? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With the 11 year old girl. I'll never forget a lady <laughs> yeah. walking up to me you know, Jabin at this point has been sick for two and a half years. She walked up to me and she says, listen, pastor, I just want to tell you all you need to do to get your healing for him. Mm. I was like, yeah, please, please yeah. Yeah. give me that insight. Yeah. Would have loved to have it. Yeah. She said, you just need to walk in his room, put your hand on his head and pray for him. And I said, you think I hadn't done that? I'm like, oh, that's it. <laughs> this whole time we've been trying to figure it out. I would have invited her over that night. So you, why don't you oh, come listen, do that? I, I almost invited her to something. Yeah. And if he, if, it, if it, yeah, no, nah, nah, people are just uh, people. And we wonder why people look at our faith and are like, ah, mm, you know, um, and all that to say is like, that's, and I think that's one of my issues. Like I, there are people in our family right now that are very close, like that aren't, I'm not talking about like second cousins. Right. I'm talking about people that are very close in yeah. our family right now that I, I think if, if it had not been for some of us, myself included, being the glue during this season, they would have walked away yeah. and been done right? because of the heresy that these people are throwing out there. And yeah. it's just so important, man. Not to say I don't believe in healings because I do. Yep. I'm not a cessationist. I'm a continuous. I believe the Holy Spirit is just as much present today as he was in, uh, in the book of Acts. I yeah. believe that everything that the Holy Spirit offered then, he offers now. So I'm a 100% all those things. However, I don't think we get to summon God like a genie on our behalf. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I think that, I think anyone that teaches that is, right. it's, it's dangerous, right. you know, let alone this little God theology and all this stuff. Anyways. So like, yeah, I think we just need to be careful um, because I think it even goes back to what we talk about. I mean, how many millennials, young people do we have walking in our doors right now? that we're in a church 
and got hurt by the teaching. They're sick of the nonsense. It's just like, man, we just want like, we want the real thing. Right. And they're, they're so happy to be able to breathe in healthy theology of who God actually is. It's like not some emotional stir. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily need to lay on the carpet for an hour. Although I'm not against that. I'm just saying, they're just like, can someone just tell me who God really is? Like, mm-hmm. can I just get a genuine experience with the God of the universe? Not the people of the God of the universe. You know what I'm saying? Like just some of those things. So I just think that's important, man. I, I think we need to pay close attention to it. And I think we need to watch out for it. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, and, and honestly, I mean, I, I've just been really aware lately of just the enemy and how the enemy is crafty and um, he's he's not it's real yeah and you know i just keep thinking about lately that he doesn't care if we meet in church for an hour on a sunday yeah like does not care but if you still go to church for an hour once a week but then the other 167 hours of the week i can twist your theology just a little bit so that you're constantly questioning if this good God is really good, mm-hmm. he wins. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's, uh, theology is so important. It well, yeah, is, and man. he's good even when, it's like, how good does God have to be to you for you to be happy? Come on. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, listen. and that's why I like that new Cody Karn song. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing, less, nothing else. Nothing, nothing else. Like, yeah. he doesn't owe us anything. Right. Yeah. Right. But these, but the prosperity, you know, gospel that's out, or even some of the charismatic, it's like he doesn't owe me healing, right? Right. If you know, necessarily, right? Yeah. Um, I believe that there are. You could say that he wants us whole, and but you know, um, yeah, like he doesn't owe us anything. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He's he's good, even if he doesn't answer my prayer. Right. He's not good only when he's doing what I'm asking him to do. Yeah. Absolutely. God is good because of the gospel alone. Right. He's he's good like, because of who he is, not right. because of what he does for me. Right. He's Listen, good because of the gospel alone. Yeah. I feel like it is my personal mission. I don't know why, but I just really feel like it is. There are so many Christians that put God on trial with the constant question of God, why did this happen? Why? And it's almost like, Mm -hmm. why did you allow this to happen? And we're putting God on trial and it's like, okay, let's not forget the one that you're pointing your finger at. He created the world perfect and it was paradise. There was no sin, no disease, no disasters. It was a perfect world. And then we walk in, Mm -hmm. we're disobedient. We bring in sin and destruction and now now fast forward thousands of years later and here we are like we're pointing our finger at the god and asking him why when he created it perfect anyways the the finger's not pointed at him we're the guilty ones right 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 we are the guilty <laughs> ones and so whenever sickness yeah. or disasters or anything happen it's like don't forget this is the world we live in and thank goodness we have a god that does bring hope and that does bring a, a path and a way to life and yeah. it's just like man just because you got in a car accident like thank god that you have a god in heaven that loves you that has already promised you that he's going to provide for you and that's going to bring you hope and joy in the midst of your situation well and it's perspective like some some of the stuff we think are tragic in our cushy american lives (laughs) forgetting that you you know like yeah i had a wreck today I'm not, maybe I'm not hurt, right. you know, but my car's total or, or whatever, right. but like right, right, just right. perspective, like there's yeah. people all around the world that <laughs> yeah. have yeah. it much worse. So that's like, that's why I can't pray for, I have a hard time praying for like 
Lord, I, what, our Lord, you be know, careful, like, be careful. No, I'm going to say like, you know, like I've, I, I was laid off in 2010 from a job, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I just had a hard time of like, Lord, I, I need you to make a way so I can get my cell phone bill paid this month. You yeah. know, I just found that hard knowing that there are people much worse off than me even, Yeah, you know, and I'm praying like for a cell phone bill. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I was nervous because you usually say things about praying for people's pets. I, I'm definitely not doing that. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't go there. Real, real don't go there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But I think, it, uh, and that's the thing is like, it's difficult. You know, you can go back to what you're saying, Karen. Like, you know, when people are, you know, try to put God on trial, which I, th- I you know, obviously that happens. Um, and I think that it's okay to say why. I think it's okay to even ask God, ask God those questions. Like, why would you let this happen? You know, at the end of the day, I think you have to be satisfied and content with the fact that he's God and we are not, Right. you know? So, and I think in our finite brain, sometimes we'll get there. Well, there's a difference in, in maybe pain or hurt, asking God, those things are crying out to God. Like God, why is this happening? Why would you allow this? Right. It's different than the people who use that as the backbone to not believe in to something. To walk away, right. Or to walk right. away. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to believe in your God because he sends people to hell. What kind of loving God sends people to hell? It's like, oh, well, okay. Or why would why would God, you know, there's kids born with Down syndrome. Why would God allow that? Right. A good God. It's like, I don't know. Like, I'm well, not God, I'm, you yeah. know, but... We live in a in a broken, depraved world, or, like, or even the stupider things, like you know, why do why do bad things happen to good people? And I'm like, I don't know. Why do good things happen to bad people? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. bad people have blessing in their life. Yeah. Like, yeah. why is that a thing? Like, yeah. that's okay, but well, and it's, like, it, it even know. goes back to our na- the nature conversation. It's like you'd have to you'd ha- you'd really have to do a good job showing me someone that's justifiably good. Oh yeah, you know. Oh, so yeah. why do bad things happen to good people? And it's like show me a good person. Yeah. What's your definition of good? Right, it might be different than my definition of well, good. Well, yeah, and and at the end of the day, like right. at our core, sin resides in all of our hearts. So right. you'd, have, you'd, right. you'd have a long time Full trying circle. to you'd have, this conversation. Yeah, you'd, you'd have a hard time trying to find a good person that whose heart there, isn't there deceitfully not. wicked, right. who doesn't deserve evil things, and who doesn't deserve hell. Right. Bottom line. Right. All of us deserve hell because sin is in our hearts. Right. We all sin, falling short of the glory of God. Therefore, we all deserve hell. That should be our destination and by the grace of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ it doesn't have to be so here we are in the weighted tension of like God's goodness has been put on display for us and it may not be in the healing you were looking for or the supernatural blessing you were hoping for or whatever it may not come in any of those ways yeah but strictly because of the gospel it's still present right and like we have to we have to acknowledge that you know i do believe god wants to give good things to his children yeah i do believe that he wants to bless us and help us prosper not um from a gospel standpoint not to increase our faith i think he wants to do it so that he can increase our purpose on this earth yeah i think people that don't walk in blessings of god it's not because they haven't given enough you know what i mean like it's not a trade. It's, you know, does in our hearts, has God prompted us enough? And have we proven faithful to be generous with what we have? Therefore he can trust us with more. Yeah. Do you give the missions? Do you, do you tithe? I mean, that's kind of a soft spot, but it's like, are you generous to live a life putting Jesus on display for the world to see? And if you are, mm-hmm. those are the people that are usually living a, li- a life of blessed blessing. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, 
God, like you haven't proven to be faithful with little, therefore he can't make you rule over much. Like, you know, right. I think, I think kind of those things kind of fall into that category a little bit, but and you know, I think a lot of times people forget, like he is a good father and, and there, that, that verse in the, um, the gospels that talks about how he can sympathize with every emotion, you know, yeah. um, he, I think sometimes when people are going through hard times or tragedies or whatever, whether it's you lose your job or you lose someone in your family or whatever it is, like, you know, he's sad too. Right. Like he, he mourns with you. He's the ultimate comforter. I think a lot of times when people are going through those things, they're like, you know, they just picture this God in heaven that's just doesn't care. And that's just emotionless. Like he cares too. He's a good father. He might not answer your prayer right now, how you think, but man, I've prayed prayers and I'm, I, years later, I'm like, thank you God for not answering yeah, that prayer. By the grace of God, you didn't Ooh, give me what I book song. Yeah. It is. <laughs> what song are you talking about? Karen said, who is Garth Brooks? No, example? I know who Garth Brooks is. <laughs> you know that song. She's from like, Georgia. Of course that, she knows that, who That song. Um, sometimes you thank God for unanswered prayers. Whatever. Yeah, definitely. I probably definitely. have heard it. But no, but you're right. Because like even, even Jesus, I mean, Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. Knowing he was gonna raise Lazarus, he he still wept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, and even going back to that, you know, like <clears throat> I remember, I, I remember it so vividly. Like I remember sitting on my back porch uh, one day. Uh, it, it wasn't too long after Jabin had gone home to be with the Lord, and I was sitting on my back porch, and it was like, you know, uh, as anyone that's experienced that level of loss can understand. Like you have, there are certain days where you just full of faith and there are certain days where you're just angry. Like, like, I don't care. (laughs) I I just want to be mad, you know, like whatever. Um, and I remember like, I was just talking to the Lord and quite frankly, I wasn't really talking to him. I was more talking at him. (laughs) Like, um, I'm angry and I'm mad and, um, I hate you or whatever. And, um, you can feel however you want to feel about that out there podcast land, but that was how I felt. And, um, as I was navigating my emotion for that, um, at one point I used the phrase, I said, you'll never know how this feels. Mm. And it was like, <laughs> like, it was almost like, you know, how a parent will listen to a child complain for so long. Right. And then finally they're like, they've had enough. Yeah. And so they like step in. I felt like that's what happened. Like he <laughs> was just letting me vent. And I was like, you'll never know how that feels. And I swear to you, it was one of the few times in my life I've ever felt like I heard the voice of God audibly. He was like, Oh really? He's like, not only do I know how that feels, but the only way that you and your son could see each other again was that I would know how that feels. Come on. And wow. I was like, wow. you know, wow. I sat down on my beanbag on my back porch. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it was wraps after that. Yeah. And then yeah. I just cried like, for an I'll, hour. But, um, but I'll, yeah. I'll shut up now. <laughs> yeah, that was literally, I was like, ah, yes, yes, yes. You know exactly how it feels to lose a son. Yeah. Um, and that was when I was just like, and I was, that was when he prompted me and was like, don't you measure my goodness by how you feel? Mm-hmm. Because my goodness has already been established with the highest measurable price, Yeah, you know? And, and then he reminded me like, not only do I know how that feels, but you should understand how it felt for me to watch my son endure what he endured on your behalf. Right. Like he didn't go for no reason. It was for you. Yeah. Well, it's like, an, it's, you know, as weird as it even like he didn't lose his son. He gave his. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. Man. What? So, and, uh, and so people ask like, how, man, like how have you kept your faith? I'm, I'm like, it's all I got. <laughs> 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 it's about how yeah. do I keep it? Like, uh, you know, yeah. like it's the only, you know, so that's what, 
it, it's a common part of my prayer now. And it's like the sustaining power of the gospel yeah. that carries you when nothing else can. Right. And like getting back to the conversation, it's like, that's why theology matters yeah. because it ha- your theology had better be big enough to stand up against the weight of the circumstances you encounter in life. Right. Like right. that, yeah. that it had, if it's not big enough for that, if it crumbles under the weight of your circumstances, then it's not good theology. Mm-hmm. If God isn't big enough, right. if the picture of God that you have based on your theology, and by the way, everyone has a theology. Yeah. If you have no theology, you have a theology. Mm-hmm. It's just a bad one. But like, so if the, if the picture of God that you have doesn't make him big enough in light of your circumstances, um, and it, and he, that theology crumbles under the weight of whatever you may go through in life, then you just have a wrong theology. Right. Right. And you need to see God the way he actually is, not this version of him that someone has taught you or you've made up in your mind or you've picked up along the way or you learned in church growing up <clears throat> or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever it may be. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, I don't know how we ended up doing that for 40 minutes, but, okay. <laughs> um, it's it's uh it's so healthy to build up true genuine theology for people, which is why I love the pipeline. I, it's like my favorite thing. So um, I love preaching and I love teaching the pipeline and I love I call it, I call it the grenade or the hornet's nest. It's just like pull the pin, throw it in the room, and watch it just watch it go off. People picking sides. It's great. It's a lot of fun. To me, it's the best way to learn. So. <laughs> And it's your personal entertainment sometimes. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if I'm ever bored in class, I'm like, I have a question and just make something up and watch it go. So, but anyways, yeah. So this is a search and rescue mission. Which if you have good theology. Ba-dow! There it is right search there. Search and rescue mission. You can be on a search and rescue mission if you right. know who God is and who you are in light of him. Right. So. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Sunday, we talked about it. This is a search and rescue mission. And um, yeah, what, what Karen said is so true. Like if you have healthy theology, um, you know, it's and, and that was the tone actually of the message Sunday. Um, as I got ready, as like we were putting this sermon together you know, because for those of you that don't know, we're in a series called the heart of the house and in the heart of the house series, um, we are working our way through the 11 portions. We, we have, we have a TC code and it's 11 statements that define who we are. And so as we were putting the, the statement for the code for this past, this past week was, this is a search and rescue mission. Mm-hmm. And the tagline for it is that we'll never let this lifeboat become a yacht club. Right. And as I started putting this one together, I couldn't land it. Like a lot of times I know the end of my message while I'm, you know what I mean? Everyone in the office knows my, the way that we develop messages here, I think is kind of unique, you know, how far in advance we plan stuff and all those things. I usually know what the whole message looks like ahead of time. I just got to, now we have to structure it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. We just got to structure it a little bit. And this is one of the few that I was just like, running my head into a wall because I was like, man, how do we, obviously we can communicate this, but I kind of felt like we've done that three times already. So like, how do we need to do this? And that's when I really felt like the Holy Spirit was like, you need to, you need to talk to people about what it looks like while they're on a search and rescue mission. Mm. The people in the church are, they've already bought into being on one. 
what we haven't communicated to them is what may happen while you're on it. Right. And so it was like, all right. So that was like the tone of the message. Um, I think most people in our church have bought into like, no, 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 we need to go after lost people. We need to love them. Just one more. Like they bought into that. Yeah. So it's like on a search and rescue mission, what does it look like? Right. You know, because if we're going to be, you know, this isn't a yacht club. Right. Things aren't always pretty. You know, it's not always super comfortable. You don't always have the most luxurious of things. Like this is where we're taking turns rowing a boat, wearing life jackets in cold water or in the heat. Like it's uncomfortable, but it's always worth it because we're reaching people. Yeah, you know? I think that's good because it's really easy to say like, I will get on the lifeboat and I will go. And then it's real different to be like, okay, I'm in the lifeboat and we're out here. Mm-hmm. What's this? What's going, what's yeah. this look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and even from the standpoint of like, it's not about, now it's not just about you surviving. It's about looking for others that need to be on the boat too, yeah. you know? So, um, cause I, I do think like we've talked about this before. I do think a lot of people's, uh, religious experience is like, all right, now I'm saved. Now I just got to hold on till Jesus comes. Right, right. It's like, no, <laughs> you need to row a lifeboat yourself. Yeah. Like you need to help distribute life jackets. Yeah. Like you need, <laughs> or, you know. or, you know, the, you get five, 10, 15, 20 people that have all been saved, you know, then they get in a room and then over time they forget that they need to save others. And it becomes yeah. a yacht club. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Every, On accident. And churches are guilty of that, you know, oh, where yeah. every program and everything is designed for them. It's inward. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's why we said it's not going to be a yacht club. This is not right. a, it's not, not a, a country club for us. Right. Yeah. And it's so hard because there's so many codes that are woven, so many portions of the code that are woven together yeah. that it's like, it's so hard not to end up preaching another one on accident. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, you really got to be strategic about the lane that you're in, you know? Um, <clears throat> but, um, and what was helpful for me is a month ago when I, a month and a half ago or something like that, when I started reading the book that I gave everybody, The Last Arrow, um, and I knew when I when the code showed up, I bought the last arrow when we were so when our offices were at the old building. So a year and a half ago, I bought that book and I just never opened it. And I was going back through Carrie Newhoff's podcast and I re-listened to Erwin McManus and Carrie Newhoff talking about that book the week that it was coming out. And um as he was talking about it, I was like, man, I need to pull that out and read it again because it so fits into what we're talking, like the code. Um, and I read through the first chapter and I was just like, like, you know, Erwin McManus is a, he's good, man. I don't land in the same spot as him theologically on a lot of stuff, but when it comes to him as a communicator, he's incredibly gifted. So, um, so the portion of the, the story in the Bible from second Kings with King Jehoash and Elisha comes from um, the the kind of the image that's created there and how we preached it actually kind of comes from Erwin McManus book, The Last Arrow. If any of you want to get a great book um, talking about like living a life with nothing left, um, uh, Erwin McManus, The Last Arrow, you can get it on Amazon, all that jazz. But anyway, so um, second Kings uh, in, in chapter 13 um, I'm not going to have you read the whole thing, Justin. We're just going to kind of overview it for the sake of time. You guys can go back and listen to the sermon and watch the sermon if you want to. You can check that out on our website. But um, it really boils down to this idea that Elisha uh, gave King Jehoash an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, um, if you, he showed him, if you do this, you get victory. And so he said, so now do it. And when he did it, he could have done it six times, but he only did it three. Right. 
And it was, and, and then Elisha angry with him was like, why didn't you do it six times? And be, now that, because you haven't done that, it's an indicator that you're only going to have victory three times when you could have had it. Saying it. And it talked about this idea of like, we all in our life are going to experience the, as we're on a search and rescue mission, especially us as a church, if you're a TC member, if you're on this journey with us, um, that we're all going to experience um, sh- battles and in f- fights, um, not with each other, but w- against the enemy as we're on a search and rescue mission. You can't, you can't actively be helping take people out of hell and put them into heaven and not expect the devil to have something to say about it. Right. Um, and not have him have a strategic plan against us. Like that's what he does. So, um, and so because of that, what we wanted to talk about was, um, in light of the battles that are ahead, talking about the battles of Jehoash and the battles that are for us and all those things, um, really looking at how that's going to impact us. And so we talked about the spiritual realities of a search and rescue and we'll give those to you relatively quickly. Um, so what's the first one, Justin? Every fight you enter has a predetermined number of battles. And so this idea of like the predetermined number of battles, and I really wanted to kind of explain that a little bit on Sunday morning. Um, it's kind of talking about how like I, I, even going back to theology, like the start of conversation services again, right? Like I think sometimes we think that our situations are catching God off guard. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, God, I don't know if you saw this coming, but you know, this is a really big deal for me or, you know what I mean? Like, God, have you forgot about me or what? It's like, God said, they like, yeah, yeah. I was aware the whole time. Like none of this is new to me. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> you know, I'm God, right? <laughs> exactly. And this idea that like everything we're going through and whatever, whoever like listener and podcast land and those of you that are watching us, like everything you're going through is already predetermined. Like, so if you're fighting for, I was talking to a couple in our church that's fighting for the custody of, of a child. Like whether you're doing that, whether you are uh, fighting for your job, maybe it looks like you may get laid off. Like maybe you're, it's an income thing. What, like whatever you may be going through, maybe you're fighting for your marriage. Like yeah. whatever you may be going through in life right now, that the battles that stand between you and the victory over the entire war all of those battles have been predetermined by God. Like he knows exactly how many you're going to have to fight and he has grace and mercy to carry you through every single one of them to victory. Like he's, he's there for you. That victory may look considerably different than you have in your mind. So not your victory for you, but God's victory for you. Yeah. Right. And so there's a predetermined number of battles and it, you know, kind of, it falls into a story Pastor Dan's told me my entire life. And I think it's just kind of been pounding in my brain, but this idea from his mentor told him one day when he was going through something that God doesn't start anything on earth that he hasn't already finished in heaven. And that's such a profound statement. It's like whatever, whatever struggle you're going through, whatever it may be, whatever issue, whatever the fight is, God's already got the provision necessary ready in heaven we just haven't got there yet on earth mm-hmm. and you know whether whether it's you have a family member that's sick he has the provision for you to either give healing to that person or to carry you in the loss of that per- like but he has everything that you need already set up and he knows exactly how many battles you have to fight for it um 
And so that's that's so huge. John sixteen thirty three. There, Justin, what did you got? I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. So it's it's understanding that you know Jesus as our victory, right? Then number two, what do you got, Justin? Uh, you're going to need to know the person of God before you can wield the power of God. And uh, I brought Justin's uh, Justin's little toy. I'm so glad you brought that. <laughs> <laughs> to, to church on Sunday. That might have been offensive. You really, I mean, that sword means a lot to you, right? Uh, yeah, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, it's it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's so, a. Someone asked me after church. I don't remember who it was. <laughs> they were like, "Are you into like oh, LARPing? Are you a LARPer?" And, and, and I was like, "No, no, no." It has. Uh, um, I mean, who was it that asked me? It's like a discipleship meeting. I think it was Rich. I was like, "Are you into like medieval stuff? Like, yeah. Like, are you into sword and stuff?" I was like, "No, not particularly." Um, <laughs> that has, you know, yeah. that has a meaning. Um, yeah, but that, that would. That it's a spirit. It's a spiritual. Um, what would be the word like? Didn't a, um, you get it when you finished something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you there's a, a there's a term that I'm looking for and I can't remember it. Um, what are you talking about? Like where? Uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Where you cross over? Like yes. what is that term that I'm looking for? When you cross over, like write a passage. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's it's kind of like one of those things. Yeah, yeah so. Kind of. Um, but anyways, yeah, so we brought that in, and essentially what we were talking about is how in Matthew 16, we won't read that for the sake of time, but, you know, Jesus comes to his disciples, who does men, who do men say I am? Simon Peter speaks up, you know, and uh, he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And what Jesus breaks down is that no one could have told you that. The only way you could know that is if you were close enough to God for him to tell you that. And for many of, and then after that, he says, now I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and, and giving you authority, Mm -hmm. essentially, essentially he's saying, I'm giving you the weapons that you need now for the spiritual realm. But the only way you can have those weapons is if you know who God is. And we talked about how there's a lot of people on earth who have a, a surface level understanding of God, but they don't know God. They know about him, but they don't know him, Right. but they're trying to wield the power of him. You know, and so, um, but really taking on this idea of having a genuine understanding of who God is, um, you know, and I was up there wielding that bad boy. It's quite a sword. It, it really is. That bad boy is about no. four and a half feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not light. I told it. No, it's not. I told everyone it's like, this is, this is Justin's HR department. So, <laughs> <laughs> complaint no, the complaint department. department. Yeah. yeah. So I should have used that a couple weeks ago when that dude came in my office trying to act like a tough guy. <laughs> uh, well, well, <laughs> uh, shout out. It was probably yeah. good you didn't. Shout yeah, out, yeah. Shout out, Tom. That could. Oh what? man. What too soon? What <laughs> too soon? What? <laughs> what? Oh, I didn't we, drop a last name. It's yeah. a good time yeah. here at TC. <laughs> And then, uh, and in that, you know, one of the things we talked about is one of the best ways that we learn about God is through relationships. We talk about small groups. Speaking of, if you're in the Pensacola area, oh yeah, if you are local and maybe you just hadn't been there the past couple of weeks, small groups are live now. Yeah, they're live now. 
my man Jawan would greatly appreciate it, as would I, if you could go sign up for a small group. So you can go to mytc.life and all that. Forget Jawan, no offense, but forget you. But for you, whoever's out there, like you need to be in community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget me, Karen says. So (laughs) I'm just But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you you need this in your life. Like that's, and that's what we try to help you understand. Like we want this for you but you need this for you yeah um and small groups man like life change happens in the context, in the context of, of relationships, relationships. com slash small, small groups, small groups. <laughs> so go check out some small groups find one that uh that you can make it to and here's the thing it's like you you maybe you can't make it every week I mean, just make it like, you know, start somewhere. Yeah. I talk to people all the time. Like, yeah, I couldn't commit to all 13 weeks. So I didn't sign up. I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, sign up, go eight weeks. Doesn't matter. Just go. Yeah. Um, You need it. I need it. Yeah. So like, you know, I have small groups. I attend four, you know, it's like being in groups, man. It's so worth it. Yeah. So Thursday, Thursday lunch, dudes, if you're a guy. Buffalo Wild Wings. And those, Thursday, those, see, that's, I think those, those are some of my favorite. Yeah. Because it's like, we're already going to be eating. Might as yeah. well come. You're going to tell me I'm not going to eat lunch on Thursday? No, no, no. I'm going to eat lunch on Thursday. Yeah. So, might as well be together where we can come, grow. Come, come Buffalo Wild Wings on Thursdays at 12. Yeah. We'll so, hang out. Our waitress, Becca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out, Becca. Becca at B-Dubs. I'm her favorite customer. Well, that's probably a stretch. You have to ask her on Thursday. I no, do. I already know the answer to I that. I ask her every week. I tell her every week. Yeah. You tell her. Keyword, you tell her. And that <laughs> lets you know how accurate the statement is. I tell her every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. He gets his food last every week on purpose. So. Do, do you really? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I like this girl. She yeah. wins at last. And so, we have Becca a, is we so have passive aggressive. We have a give and take. Yeah. Yeah. They they dish it out at each other constantly. It's hilarious. Oh yeah. Although she did take a dig at John one time, but oh my god, we can't even say <laughs> no, we cannot say that. But she definitely took a, <laughs> took John a dig at John one time. John is in here. <laughs> so, she got him so good. Yeah, uh, we we still talk about it this day. Joan and Eli haven't let it go yet. So no, never. Bro, you, uh, Eli, welcome back. So, <laughs> was he asleep over there? What's that? Uh, was he asleep? Well, over I wasn't going to say it on air, but oh. yeah, he was, he, he's dozed off in that office chair. Golly. Golly. Ooh. He clocked out for that hour. <laughs> anyway, that was his lunch break. <laughs> uh, so, then number three, uh, we live a life with nothing left. Yeah, we live a life with nothing left. And uh, told a story about how we want to put ourselves in a position where we're not leaving any reserves. You know, I was telling uh, a couple in our church, Gus and Grace, yesterday when I met with them about how, you know, the Elijah-Elisha idea, where at some point Elijah looks at Elisha and he's like, you know what, like, you don't have to deal with this. The death threats are on me. You go home. And Elisha was like, to what? Yeah. I broke up the yoke. I killed the oxen. Like, there's nothing to go back to. When I said yes to this, I said yes to this you know and really committing to a life of like if i'm going to be a believer if we're going to be believers if we're going to be at least members of our church like we're going to make it our mission to to live a life with nothing left like how shameful not shameful that's a bad word but how disappointed in ourselves might we be standing before the lord knowing we could have reached more people oh boy we could have reached more people and we didn't because we were storing up reserves 
for something. You know what I mean? It's like, man, live a life just of loving people, reaching people and doing everything we can. So, um, and Luke 15, eight, which is actually where this portion of the code comes from. Um, go ahead and read it, Justin. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. Which really puts into perspective this idea of like, you know, we've all lost something before. You know, phone, our phone, you know, car keys, like whatever. <laughs> like when you lose it, you don't care all the things that you know where those things are. You just want the thing you can't find. Right. And I think that we as a church are taking that idea because I believe that's how God is sometimes is, you know, he's really looking for the thing uh, that's lost mm -hmm. and he loves all of us that are found but there's still something that's lost. Yeah. And we got to find the lost thing mm -hmm. because the things that are found matter less when you know there are lost things. Right. You know, hmm. so. Mm -hmm. How about that? Yeah. yeah. And come full circle. Like the, the question with the, the man in Africa, it mm -hmm. really should, if it does anything, it really should spur us on to be like, man, we have to go. We have to tell. Yeah. Like this is, this is real. This yeah. is life and death. So what, None of the, what people don't know is a pipeline year two students are actually going to find out about it. That, that, um, analogy, like that teaching analogy is actually, uh, something from Platt. David Platt uses that. Shocker. What a thought, right? Um, and it's part of the radical stuff. So year two is actually going to get a window into that a little more than, uh, year one has so far. And if you're in year one, just go to year two and you'll get the same, same thing. But, um, but yeah, so <clears throat> he uses that quite a bit. And one of the driving conversations for the entire idea of radical is this idea of living on mission. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like radical, obviously Platts, he was the director of the I, international IMB, yeah. international missions board. Like, of course he's saturated with, you know, the getting overseas and stuff. But anyways, all that to say, uh, it was a good day. And, uh, Man, loving, loving where we're going next week. Got another one coming up. It's going to be good. Heart of the house. Heart of the house. So tune in with us on Sundays. Uh, if you're watching us online, you can tune in with us uh, at 6 o'clock on Sundays. Um, or if you're in the Pensacola area, come on to AMC where we have a good time. Um, it's been incredible just watching what God is doing in that yeah. house. So we want to see you there. It's been good. That's it. Anyway, so Justin, tell me where they can find more about the church. You man. can find us online, transformationchurch.com, and Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. Awesome. Well, uh, man, thank you guys for listening with us. We'll catch you guys next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. See you. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.